Hey gang, welcome back to yet another episode of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Cirillo. So glad that you're here, especially for this one. I'm sitting down with my new pal, Leo Quinn, who is, uh, you know, who I just wanted to bring on the show because I am intrigued by the experience he's about to share. His summer of receiving 1,000 no's and the lessons that he has learned. And what I love about this is, you know, Leo's not coming on the show to suppose he is the be-all, end-all expert of rejection and how to deal with it and all those sorts of things. But it's just compelling to hear about the lessons he has learned. So you're going to get that first-hand look into his summer of getting a thousand no's right here on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Here we go. All right, so before we dig into your summer of a thousand no's or as if you so eloquently put it here pre-show your your rejection challenge give me a little bit of background like what led you up to doing such a thing well it's based on a book i uh, called go for no go for no yes is the destination no is how you get there it's a pair of one of those parable type books and i i bought it back in march of 2008 so over 11 years ago and I was looking for some summer project. And about the same time, I stumbled on an old tweet by one of the co-authors of that book. And that tweet was, I can achieve every goal and reach every dream by simply hearing no more often. Now, I, as I say, I bought that book 11 years ago. I recommended it hundreds of times at local marketing meetups and, and presentations I've given. But I've never bitten the bullet uh, to muster up the courage to increase my failure rate, to increase the number of no's I've gotten. So I decided that that was going to be my summer project. And I had to decide on a number. How many no's was I going to get this summer? Again, I started this in May, May 23rd to be specific. I thought one a day sounded really too easy. A um, hundred sounded too easy. A thousand made me nervous. Uh, so that's the one I decided to go with. So a, a summer of a thousand no's was born on May 23rd. And... So you read this book, it kind of compelled you to do this with the, I guess the overall macro of it is that you will achieve your goals faster as the authors suggest. Um, but what does that actually look like? And, and I guess to unpackage that a little bit, I, right out of the gates, I love this topic because I really do believe I live a con in a constant state of catch 22 in that I don't fail enough. Um, and in, in understanding that I seek to fail more because of what you said, I understand that every failure is a learning experience. It's going to be, bring me closer to the thing that I want, but that I also shy away from it sometimes because I hate the way it feels in the moment. So I guess my question for you is what are you working towards? What is the whole objective of increasing your fail rate? Well, increase my, my business. I have a, a small marketing agency uh, in upstate New York. I work with companies all over, but I wanted to get more clients. And I've done a lot of marketing, uh, offline mail, um, email, cold email, those type things. But I've never really followed up, particularly on the cold email. I've, I've sent some weird things in the mail. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of lumpy mail, but I've sent baby bottles to people. I've sent live working cell phones to people. There's a company called sendaball.com. It will actually write your message on a ball and mail the ball with stamps on it. They're not putting it in a box. They're just mailing the ball. So I've done a lot of that stuff. I have never once followed up by phone. 
to say, hey, I'm the guy that sent you the thing. What did you think? Uh, because I didn't want to hear no. Getting a no on an email is not a big deal. Not hearing back on email is not a big deal. But hearing no on the phone is something that the thought of really bothered me. I hadn't experienced it too often. So right. my main goal is to, to build the business and just to build my uh, tolerance or you know, build up the callus to being rejected. It's not it's something I've avoided my whole life. Sure. And so is the summer over for you or do you, are you following summer solstice, September? No. Or what are we at? No, I wanted to be June, July, and August. So it is done. I finished on 2.53 p.m. on August 30th, Friday, August 30th. So I had a Labor Day off. I hit my I hit my 1,000th no right just before 3 o'clock. <laughs> and what have you learned during this experience? Well, hearing no isn't such a big deal. Uh, if you can make it a game, it's going to be much easier to deal with. Uh, if you're public about it, you're going to be much more likely to stick with it. I know that if I hadn't started a Facebook group or started some meetups or you know pursued these uh, podcast interviews, I wouldn't have stuck with it. You know, I've uh, I quit in the middle of a lot of things in my life, and this is one of the things I stuck with, and I found that being public about it really helped that. And so you feel like you've built up a thick skin, or what, what, are you more comfortable getting no's or experiencing failure? I am, yes. Uh, it's not perfect yet. But toward the end, I did a, a mailer, a local mailer to businesses I want to want to advertise with me, and I found that calling them as a follow up was a little more nerve wracking than just calling anonymous people as I was doing. Nine hundred of my no's have been to people who are just cold on the phone. So the, the, I found that following up to people who got something in the mail from me uh, was a little more nerve wracking because it seems like the, the no seemed a little more personal. Uh, but other right. than that, just a cold calling to people who don't know me and will never hear from me again, not a big deal at all. It's really an interesting concept because I think of, you know, when, whenever I go somewhere to do a, you know, a public speaking gig or something like that, um, well, first of all, my wife made an arrangement with me. She said, I'm marrying an entrepreneur. So anytime you go somewhere cool, I am coming with you. <laughs> um, however, because she knows what I am going to do, she, I don't know what it is, but she freaks out as if it was like my first speaking event. Oh. Like she, she wakes up early. She's up in the middle of the night and, and I, it's a joke now where I'm like, Ugh. You know, I kind of roll out of bed the morning of, and I'm like, I should probably figure out what I'm going to say today, <laughs> you know, on stage. Um, and it kind of, it makes me think of this um, in one simple way. And that is that uh, I love this because I really feel like the more exposure you have to something, the less you can fear it. Is that been the case for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've heard no a thousand times and I truly, I had not heard no a hundred times in my previous business life. So it's 10 times the no's I've ever heard. So absolutely, I believe that. And I mean, demystify this, because I know somebody listening is going to go, well, this dude's an idiot. Like, is he just seeking out the no? Like, are you not even putting effort into it? Like, how can you get this many no's? So bring us into what this actually looks like, because I, I would, I don't, I look at you and I say, okay, well, this isn't the kind of individual that's just going blase, like blase fair onto a phone call so that he can just get a no for the sake of getting a no. I don't think that's the point of it, is it? No, it's not. No. And my first no actually was I have a dent in my fender and I wanted to, um, you know, I 
didn't want to put it through insurance. I wanted to see if I could find somebody to barter with me. And so the first no was a local guy. He's done some work for me before. And I, I, I did a little checking. He doesn't have a social media presence. His business name is available as a domain name. Um, and so I said, you know, I sent him a picture of the dent. He calls me. He says, hey, 22500 And I said, well, I noticed you don't have a website. Would you be willing to trade services? I'll, I'll set you up on all that. And you fix my car. I said, nah, I'm trying to get out of the business. And it's not very profitable anymore. So that was my first no. A lot of my no's were from pizza shops. I, one of the services I offer is text message marketing. And so I called a lot of pizza shops inquiring about their interest in that. I have some domain names that were, would be of interest to real estate agents. So I called a lot of real estate agents. Uh, in my out and about world, I, we have a toll road here in New York State. So I tried to pay my uh, tolls with lottery tickets. Uh, so that got me some no's. <laughs> Uh, I have a wait. You just have one toll road in oh, New York. Oh uh, no, no, we like have a lot. Oh, there's a lot. Of there's them. a zillion of yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only on one primarily. Uh, but they all laughed and said, "Sorry, no, no, sir," and all that. The last one I did, I said, "Is this a personal policy or a state policy?" He said both. So he wasn't <laughs> going to take my lottery tickets in any case. So that's why I mean, talk about doing making it sort of a game. You know, there's a, a guy out there named Jia Zhang. A few years ago, he did his 100 days of rejection, and he got rejected 100 days in a row, but he filmed it all. And I think people behave differently when they know they're being filmed. But anyway, he would go in, he would knock on somebody's door and ask if he could play soccer in their backyard. And they said yes. He'd, he asked to make a, an announcement on a Southwest flight. Uh, and they said yes. He asked to, uh, he went, got a burger at the burger place. He went up and asked for a free burger refill. And they said no. Uh, so that's the type of nose. He goes, I call those stunt nose. They don't really have an effect on your, your business, but they, they help you build up that callus. So yes, some would think of me as an idiot for doing this, but I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about sales. I can trace $3,465 in extra business that I got for those um, thousand nose. Some would say that's $3.60 a no. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I'm going to be smarter about it. I just wanted to get through that thousand, build up, as I say, the callous to hearing no. And now moving forward, I have now my goal for the autumn is 200 no's. But these 200 are going to be from people who got something from me in the mail or who I've dealt with before. So these are going to be a little more personal uh, and not just the quick, let's get 12 a day done. It, it kind of brings me to, I guess, the bigger topic for me, which is, you know, and something I see that could be directly applicable to retail auto dealers, which is how do you, because you've said building up the callus to like, you know, be able to handle it. And so the question really is, what were some of the mechanisms you put in place to deal with rejection? Uh, public um, accountability. Uh, as I say, I would have quit this long ago uh, if I didn't have this accountability. Now, I came up with this idea on May 23rd. I had a, I had a meetup about it on May 28th because I wanted to you know, get other people interested and hopefully have them get involved too. I didn't build up the courage to make my first calls until June 7th. I made 10 calls on June 7th. I talked to three people. I got one no. So that was a Friday. I needed to take the weekend off after that. And uh, <laughs> June 10th, I decided I was going to make 100 calls because at this point, I didn't have any concept of 
would I even be able to get a thousand or what it would take to get a thousand no's? So on Monday, June 10th, I just made, I was going to dial that phone a hundred times, regardless of what happened to busy signal count. So at the end of, it took me two, almost three hours. I got 29 no's and six maybes on that first day. So I knew at that point it would be doable to get a thousand no's. And I did the math at that point. It would take me about 12 no's a day. But public accountability is the, the thing that really um, kept me focused on the goal, got me out of bed every day and had me figuring out the time. I needed usually one or two hours a day to get those 12 no's. Sometimes I was done in 20 minutes. It was pretty interesting. But, um, you know, public accountability is something that really helped. It's, it's interesting, too, because you said 20 on Monday, June 16, you make 100 calls. Um, you got 29 no's and six maybes, and I'm guessing the, the rest were either a mix of some yeses, soft yeses, or or some just not connected. The right person wasn't there, hang-ups. You know, all those calls I made, one F-bomb, uh, <laughs> lots of hang-ups, but most people were very nice. Oh, well, that's, well, that's good. Yes. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing that came to my mind is this concept, and we've talked about it in previous uh, episodes of the show. Um, but the the word I wrote down, see, because the DPB gang knows I take ferocious notes. <laughs> Next to twenty nine knows and six maybes, I wrote the word hunter, mm-hmm. and I'm fascinated by this concept of people that are responsible for generating revenue, who want to experience growth. What are they willing to actually do to go beyond their comfort zone? Mm-hmm. and prospect for what my father calls acres of diamonds. Sure. And and I love your your mentality because you go, look, I'm in a I'm in a community. Here's here's the value I bring. Here's the value it can bring to all of these businesses. Therefore, I have infinite opportunities um if I can just you know, I I guess I love the self-awareness of it. Here's the piece that I feel is like holding me back, so I'm going to hit it head on. Right. I, you know, organizationally, I mean, obviously there's, I want to say there's 300, maybe 300 plus thousand new car sales professionals in the United States alone. The average that each of them is selling is between eight and 12 vehicles a month. So depending on their pay structure, I mean, some of these guys are barely making ends meet. Sure. What? lessons have you taken from this that you would be able to impart to them to perhaps convince them to shift their mindset and or actions? Hmm. Again, uh, being public about this, I have that quote all over my house. Every room has that quote, I can achieve every goal and reach every dream by simply hearing no more often. And normally when my cleaning lady comes, I take stuff like that down because I don't want her ridiculed. But I left it up and she asked me about it and she said, oh, you should call my stepson. He's got his own real estate company. And so I had a nice meeting with him. It's, it's a no so far. I consider it a not yet. When I come upon something that will work for him, I suspect sure. he'll go for it. But, right. you know, I guess talking to as many people as possible about what you do. I have a, a cousin and she's a real estate agent in Hawaii and the number one guy in her business her office, if my understanding, used to be work for Burger King. And he quit working for Burger King and he called 800 of his friends and just told them that he was now in the real estate business. 
And the next year he sold $13 million worth of real estate. And he didn't call to sell these people anything. He just called to tell them he was in that business. And if they knew anybody or were interested, just by calling and, uh, and being open about what his career change is something that, that worked well for him. It's, you know what this is? This is, oh no, I mean, I can't believe some, you know what? My brain sometimes goes to weird places, but the, the word that came to my mind is coward. Absolutely. Like here, this isn't a rejection plan or a way of becoming desensitized, if you will, to rejection. It's more about like eradicating the innermost coward of each of us because like they're they're, each of us is a coward about something sure and so you know this this accountability piece i really love it because without that accountability mechanism in place um i just do you feel like without that accountability this would have had the staying power to help you see through a thousand no's no not at all and and something like public accountability. So you're posting this all over social media, all that that sort of a thing. But I mean, there, there's got to be more to it, hasn't there? I mean, because it would be easy for me. Like you see people every day posting something online about what they want to be. I want to lose 77 pounds. Yes. And then they drop off the face of the planet and they go and hide in the corner and nobody remembers because nobody really cared to begin with. Right. And I, I think that's interesting. I'm not a big fan of broadcasting your positive goals. <laughs> Because you're going to have okay. just a lot of negative psychic energy from your friends. Ah, uh, yeah. Blah, blah. You know, we're talking about your wife. My favorite joke is behind every successful man is a woman rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but so I'm not a big fan of broadcasting your positive goals. You know, I want to make a million this year. I want to make 10,000. If I had gone online and said, I want to make a thousand sales this summer, I would have gotten nothing. But if you go on and say you want to get a thousand failures, you're going to draw a lot more interest in what you're doing. Uh, and you'll get people just, you know, the masochists who are following along wanting to see you fail. I had three people leave my Facebook group after I hit a thousand. So I'm not sure what that was all about. Darn it. He made it. Um, but you know, I think being public about your failure goals as much, it gets people's attention and that's as business people, no matter what kind of business we're in, that's what we're in the business of getting people's attention and putting out there a failure goal. Is something that I think gets people's attention and ha- will have people paying attention to you. So you really think, I mean, I look at this in the context of car dealers. They're out there. Hey, it's a great day. Hey, what's going on? And it's just, you know, sunshine and unicorn farts and, mm-hmm. you know, happy day. You think that could be having a negative impact on what they actually trying to achieve? And if so, how do they flip that on the, on its head so that there is more interest around what they do? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, you know, there's a, there's a podcast I listen to. It's called the referrals podcast, Michael Mayer. He wrote mm-hmm. a book called the seven L system. And he's all about, and it's primarily his uh, audience is real estate agents, but he's big on um, event marketing. So uh, instead of calling all your people trying to sell them a car in his model, you would have a, an event at a movie theater. And you'd rent out the movie theater, maybe maybe it's a dealership thing, and then you call all your people who have a car that's three to five years old, and you invite them to the movies, and right. then that gets them talking about you in a non-salesy way. Um, so you know, that would be a suggestion I have, but um, yeah. 
Um, you wrote an article on LinkedIn, and I'm always fascinated um, about the marketing side of things and kind of digging into the brain of different marketers. And the the title of the article that really stood out to me, How Birthdays Could Have Saved the Local Bakery. Mm-hmm. What, what's that all about? Well, we have a local uh, bakery. It's not a bakery anymore. It's now a, a, an antique shop. But it went through, through two or three different owners. And um, the last one I was fairly close with, so I had an inside view of what was happening. Uh, and I just thought he was a little bit off the beaten path. The bank that was directly across the street moved most of the people to a, a new branch. So he was really struggling to come up with ways to get people to come down to that end of the street. And, you know, I started a birthday club for him, but he never really embraced it like he could have. Uh, and it's just about birthday marketing is a way for a business to keep in touch with their customers in a non-threatening way. And I know that you personally know, you must know who Joe Girard is. Mm-hmm. being in your business. And he's my favorite, sure. my favorite example of a marketer who, if you, and you know the story, if you bought a car from Joe Girard every month from then on, you got a, something in the mail from Joe Girard. Right. And that's much easier to do these days than it was in his day. Yeah. I think he hired two extra, two people to handle that for him. But birthday marketing, I think is a great way, a non-threatening way for car salespeople, anybody to keep in touch with their customers. And I know you probably, as a matter of course, don't collect birthdays of your customers. But if that's something you did, you could then go to the rest of the local restaurant who has a birthday deal anyway and say, hey, I've got this list of 200 customers that works out to about you know, 10 birthdays a month. Could I give them your birthday deal? And only the, the dumb restaurant owner is going to say no, because you're now advertising his restaurant for free. Sure. So now you send a birthday card. Dear Joe, happy birthday. Uh, I worked out a deal with Pete's Pepperoni Pizza Palace. Go on in there and get a free pizza on your birthday. Now, Joe's going to love that. He, nobody's ever gotten a, a birthday card from their, from their auto salesperson. But you went, you went to that step. Now, you don't have to limit it to Pete's Pepperoni Pizza Palace. You can get five or six different businesses to give a, a birthday deal for your customers. And then, you know, instead of just sending them one, then you send them an email. Hey, Joe, I worked out a deal with a local bakery. Go on and get a free cupcake on your birthday. Now, the businesses, if they're smart, they're going to be collecting the contact information of these people who come in so they can get them in back in as a customer. But by doing something like birthday marketing, you're immediately standing out amongst the competition. Uh, you know, Facebook has made birthdays ubiquitous these days. So we're all expecting birthday greetings. We're not expecting them from the person we bought a car from. Right. It's um, what I love about this is it actually ties full circle for me into the concept of getting rejection because. You know the the article starts off, and you're tell, you you you're you know as you've said you you share the business owner who you know was off the beaten path and couldn't fully adopt this program that you had created for them, and it makes me think about how often businesses, sales professionals, dealerships, local businesses aren't um going out of their way to get rejection like the way you did this summer, but they are actually creating rejection for themselves. And then 
and then thinking or supposing that there's some outside force that is rejecting them when it's actually their lack of action or lack of adoption of something that could work or or you know like you said like the, to me your your summer of a thousand no's wasn't about just getting the no as we've talked about it was about the fact that you started taking actions beyond your your previous you know i don't want to say inaction but for lack mm-hmm. of better words yeah you were going out and creating movement you were going out and taking action in an effort to grow your business and it's just crazy to me when you kind of flip the narrative on its head it's like how many people are just sitting there waiting for business to grow and re- not realizing they're in in that lack of action they're actually the ones rejecting themselves absolutely you're a deep thinker I, well, I don't know about that, but this, this is what happens when you take the notes the way I do. You're right. Um, and so, you, you know, you've learned now in a thousand no's things that have worked and things that haven't worked. How has your how has your presentation, how has your pitch changed from day one or no one to no one thousand? Oh, I, and I have much more confidence now knowing that a no isn't going to be the be all and end all. Um, right. I'm fortunate in that I have an endless number of prospects. Uh, I'm not a, a local business who's limited to within five miles of me. I can have customers all over the country. So uh, I should have made it the summer of 10,000 no's and hired a few people to get them. But, you know, so I have a lot more confidence that one no isn't going to make or break me. And during that time where you invested in other forms of self-improvement like is it just one thing to say oh i'm just going to go out and do this and create action but then another thing to be like yeah but i also got to take calculated actions well um i think my time management i think was much better because i had to carve out time every day you know being a work uh, business i work from home i can pretty much make my own schedule so i had to become much better at uh, time management i think um in other areas of my life now, the next time I make a big ticket purchase, I'm going to be, uh, I will ask for a discount. Is that the best deal you can do? I'll be a little more, uh, you know, forceful on those type things. We're, it, you know what it is? We're just afraid of each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're all afraid of each other. Like, is it actually the no we're afraid of? Um, or are we just afraid of somebody else? That's what the, I kind of want. The hit, the hit to our self-esteem, maybe. Um, okay. And, yeah. and being and being, um, uh, you know, somebody being nasty. I know I got one F you and that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> I had one poor lady. She um, I was calling a pizza shop and someone picked up the phone. There was no acknowledgement. I said, hello. And she said, leave me alone. So apparently she had, had the, uh, my guess is she had a number of a, a pizza shop. Um, that maybe the pizza shop went out of business and she got their number, but, but all I said was hello. That was it. Um, wow. but, uh, other than that, you know, people, you know, a few hangups and hangups were fine. I, no big deal. I, I laughed at them at the end. So you know, part of it was the gamification of getting no's for me. Now I will say that in-person no's are something that I still have a little nerves about. Um, so that's what I have to work on in this, my autumn of 200 no's is getting more in-person though. I will share. Don't laugh. <laughs> okay. Because 
Sometimes they go, well, this isn't a laughing matter. Oh, yes. And you're like, whoa, too. Hey, yes. take it easy. Right. Um, you said something that intrigued me. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said, maybe I, maybe I should have hired a couple more people so we could have got even more no's. And here's what intrigues me about this. Um, I believe, what, what I love about this conversation right now is the fact that you're not approaching this as if I know absolutely everything on this topic. Like, there, you, like I'm getting the sense of humility and vulnerability, which I think is so, so crucial um, and why I believe I'm getting so much out of this. Um, you, you know, because the reality of it is a lot of car dealers are second, third generation owners now. Mm-hmm. They've been around since 1950. They've been around since 1940. They have, in some instances, and I'm generalizing, led themselves to believe that they are, they know what they're doing and how to run that business. Um, but, you know, I, I've talked about this on a previous podcast that m- myself and the guest, we were talking about culture and how, um, you know, we often prescribe the wrong medication for the symptoms that we see. Mm-hmm. And one of the symptoms I see in this industry is that everybody tries to make everyone believe that they know everything. Mm-hmm. And as I see, as it pertains to sales teams and dealing with rejection and failure and the pain associated with personal growth and development, here's, here's where I'm going with this. You, you know, this, this experience that you put yourself through since May of 2019 has taught you a lot of lessons, but you're still relatively new at it. And you've also had this thought of maybe I should have hired a few more people. So in that newness, what will the culture of your business be like when you hire those individuals? How do you deal? Because I think a lot of people are always working in panic mode. Oh, if I get too many no's, then I'm going to get fired because I'm not a a quote unquote performer. Where is your mindset at on how to navigate something like that? Oh, good question. I'd probably um, start with giving them the book, Go for No, so they, so they know my stance on it. Um, they have, in, in the book, they talk about different levels of rejection. And um, the, the, the last one is, um, I can't remember, massive failure, meaning you, you, you get your whole team behind this thing. So instead of having sales goals, let's have no goals, uh, meaning rejection goals. Uh, and I think, you know, I have, I've never been part of a sale, a large sales force. So I don't know what the higher ups would think of something like that. But in the book, Go For No, there's a great uh, story. And I really have to find out if it's a true story or just a parable, but uh, an insurance company hired a bunch of people, uh, hired a consultant to do some research and find out why they're not selling enough more insurance. And he said, you're just talk, not talking to enough people. So he puts them on a bus, takes them to a neighborhood where they don't know anybody and says, you're to go to every door, knock on the door. And when someone comes to the door, you're to say, you don't want to buy any life insurance, do you? Uh, and so they went from, you know, one or two policies a week to one or two a day, just by forgetting the let's tr- fancy foot in the door stuff. Let's just be open and honest about what we got. And let's go, you know, get through the, the nose as quick as we can. So I think uh, when I come to a point where I've got people that are doing marketing for me, it becomes a probably a thing where I'm encouraging rejection 
and telling them it's okay. It's what we're looking for. Uh, you know, I've got one of these on my desk. Maybe we give one of these to everybody. So every time they get a no, <laughs> they hit the easy button instead of the, the bell for a sale. It, it really, you know, I love it because it really shows where your mind is at as far as culture. Like, um, you know, just such a foundational thing, like getting everybody on the same page and, uh, or seeking out compatibility to your belief system. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, every business would be well to recognize that um, there is a way to maximize everybody's strengths and minimize their weaknesses. And right now, kind of our culture in general in society is about maximizing people's weaknesses so that we can make ourselves look strong. Mm-hmm. And so I love your outlook on, on um, you know, what the, the foundation of your culture in this marketing business will look like when you bring those people on, because I think there's just a lot to, to gain from that, no matter how big the business is. Um, man, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you joining me to share your experience of getting a thousand no's. I appreciate the time. It's been fun. How can those listening get in touch with you? Uh, Adventures and is my website. It leads to a, you know, I've got links to some stuff on there and also a link to my Facebook group. If people are interested in getting in there and declaring their own no goal, whatever it is, one a day or a hundred a week or a hundred a month. I think, again, being public about things can really help. 